This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board, Series 6, Episode 7 for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. We love a list on this show. We actually don't love a list, but we like referring to other people's lists. And Hachi, as I say hello to you today, today being the Tuesday of this particular week, there was a list I saw during the week of people who have bombed on TV. That was the latest list offering in what, media. Why do you look at me with suspicious eyes, Damo? Good morning to you. Or well, hello to everyone, wherever, whatever time of day you're listening for the sounding board for Drinkwise. I wasn't looking at you with suspicious eyes, by the way. <laughs> People are bombed on television. You're having a pop at me as if no, I, I, I bombed on television. I actually wasn't. But if you want to go down that path, we can. That's exactly where you were headed. No, I wasn't. No, I, I've, the reason I've raised this, Hutchie, I want to get to a, a specific part of this particular list. But do you want to talk about the, the time you... You had no, a co-host. Not exact, exactly how I don't want to start the show. Well, what I the reason I did want to raise this was because out of nowhere, our friends at News Limited actually decided to run a list of people who've bombed on TV. They're obsessed with the goings-on on air and off air of every single person on radio and TV. Out of nowhere, they start targeting unfairly, basically trolling people who have made had a crack at life, try to have a, a good TV show. Rove was one of them. Andy Lee was another one. People who are successful in life, they, they said that they were they had bombed on their TV shows, and I didn't want to click onto it. But I had that many people refer us to it. You I clicked. ended up I ended up falling for You're it. Part of the problem by clicking. Well, I wanted to see who wrote it, Hutchie. That's why I ended up clicking. And guess who wrote it? We've got a drum roll, please, Jane. We're going to build up to this. Here we go. Drum roll, please. Who was the author? Guess who wrote it? Of the failed on television list. Though. The list that exposes people who dared to try put themselves in front of the camera and put their name to a show. That list. Drum roll, please. Staff writers. Oh, no. 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 The old friend staff writers. How have staff writers not won a Walkley by now? <laughs> staff writers is everywhere at the moment. Staff. I just, I just wanted to see, okay, who's going to have put their name to this story? Because the people in it, Hachi, were people who, as you said, have had a crack at life. A lot of them have been successful, but our friends at the Herald Sun felt, nah, let's let's bring a few more down this week. I'm with you on this. I'm going to come straight with you on this. That's unusual. Yeah, I, off, off the top. I, I'm too. a defender of news, but on this occasion, I'm with you. I thought that story was was too much. You got a, a list of people who fought on television. Albeit, I was a little bit it, it, lucky not to make that list. Should have, <laughs> should have been on it. But if you're going to write about. Failure in front of the camera, put, put your, your own to name it. to it. Oh. If there's six people that contributed and everyone wanted to have a bit of a piece of the action, put six names on it. Yep. You can't hide behind yep. people who failed in front of the camera if you're not prepared to put yourself in front of the camera doing it. Yes. In fact, present it as a, as a video piece and see how you go. And staff writers is becoming a thing on all papers. Yep. It's a short step on putting your name to something. It's one step worse than not naming a source. The author of the of the column isn't prepared to put their name to it. Yeah, you know, no one names sources. Actually. You can't. It's, it's it's a far greater problem in journalism than, than not naming a source. Staff writers. Staff writers may be the, the single worst um, development in in journalism. I'm just waiting for the day you're at the quills or something, and you go to the bathroom, and you're at the urinal, and you go next to you, you say, "Hi, what's your name, mate?" He says, "Staff writers, yourself." And you think, "There's a bloke called Staff." All this time, I thought it was just people who weren't, didn't have the courage to put their name on something. <laughs> staff writers is a guy. Hello, staff. Or a girl. It could be a girl. How are you, mate? Yeah, or a girl. Yeah, but uh, there you go. So staff writers, don't <laughs> I reckon we need to have a look. It, it, we need to 
we need to call out staff writers from here on in. Okay? Any time we see the word staff writers, yep. regardless of the publication, yep. who owns it and where, we're yep. calling it out. Yep. Yep. And uh, I'm going to make sure we don't... We clean up our own backyard. <laughs> make sure we're not. I don't think we've ever used that byline, but I'll make sure we are. No, you have actually, because you do like. Well, I'm sure we do at afl.com.au as well. We 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 people do collate stuff. So what, but, no, but there's, there's, degrees of, there's degrees of staff writers. There's sometimes a staff writer is just just a general rehash of someone else's story, and there is attribution within it. That use of staff writers is okay. But the use of staff writers on a list of people who have supposedly bombed on TV—that yep. that is the worst use of staff writer. When when you've you've been inside newspapers, when you when you use a collective or a colloquial byline by that like that, what is the discussion that goes on at the subs desk? Is it? Uh, well, the discussion that goes on in the reporters channels would be my name is not going on that yeah, I do not want I've my name I've got a relationship with X yep. person they'd be offended if I put my name to a story I will happily it. provide the content for it because even yep. though that person thinks I like him or her yep. I don't that's and the, I and I want them to go through some you know little bit of grief at this article but leave my name off Well that's definitely happened in this instance and it's generally driven by the paper rather than the journalist I need you to write a story on this well if I do that I'm really, not putting my name to it. I reckon that's changed a bit. There's a lot of vindictiveness in terms of the individual putting together stories these days Hachi. Last one on this who gets the Verity score on this one? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's the thing. So because... the Verity score is, for those who don't listen regularly to the sounding board, um, there are many newspapers around the world, and News Limited is one of them, that has a Verity score. And what a Verity score is, you get tracked as a journalist based upon the clicks you create that tracks you all the way through the subscription. So, you know, well done to X journalist They created 12 subscriptions this week. And you are... And there's a scorecard. They, they get a scorecard yeah. every day. Yeah, Verity score. You're, yeah. you're a salesperson, in essence, as a journalist now. There's a ladder that goes around the there's building. There's a Verity yeah. ladder. Yeah. They don't like to talk, us to talk about this, but that's how it works. If staff writers is outperforming senior journalists at that paper as a Verity score, who gets those commissions? <laughs> I don't understand... Where that does it get divvied up evenly among the staff, or and, how does and it go? Once, once again, your mind wanders to where the cash flow goes. Well, if if staff writers is creating forty subscriptions a week, how are they fishing that out among the said staff? I'm sure I'm sure there is no problem come payday. Yeah. People putting their name on that story, Damo. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, John. I'm one of the staff writers. You might have seen. I helped write the staff writer story last Tuesday. How do you know that? Yeah, yeah, sure. I asked for my name on it, but it was the editor's decision to keep the byline on. <laughs> I'm worth 4% of the story. Anyway, a bit of fun. Now, I didn't see you last night, Hutchie. You resumed your uh, your TV career, Footy Classified. Um, I was out socially, but I didn't see it. How'd you go? Footy Classified? There'll be a failed Monday night list soon that I'll bob up on as well. But uh, <laughs> team, yeah, it's back in town. There's a lot going on in the off-season. You didn't, yeah. not until you sat down last night and picked apart all the themes and footy stories. It's going to be a wild year for coaches. There's no question there's coaches everywhere under pressure going into this season. I can't remember a season like it where there's so much conjecture. We've already got conjecture around Clarkson, um, Goodwin, Buckley, Teague. The list goes on there everywhere. And uh, that's going to be a theme of the year, right, wrong or indifferent. And I think the policy on the run's interesting, isn't it, with the concussion and yeah, that that's that is unusual for that to have uh, only been broached uh, the Thursday of last week, which is seven days before the the very first game. That's not how business is normally done in the AFL. And then we got the weekend, and I'm, I am worried about the length of the games. I don't want to get yeah turn this into a footy podcast, but but at least we went early with that, didn't we? You and I, we went early with that. I, I we, think we that... both felt to, to, they should have kept it to somewhere near where it was last year. Now, we, I, th- I thought it should be a little bit longer, but not back to the 20 minutes plus time on. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I understand why they've done it. They want to return many of the traditions to people that they've missed in the day grand final, which you broke. Well done, is one of those. But I do think they have 
wasted the opportunity to reset areas of the game, particularly around the fixture and having a bit more flair in the way it's yep. delivered. And That's by design, isn't it? Clearly, yeah. They want uh, they wanted a traditional. They wanted people to feel warm and fuzzy and comfortable about what was to lie ahead. I get that component of it. I went to the first, I went to one of the uh, Amy Community Series games and I had a great time, but it felt like a lifetime. Mm. It felt like being at a at a motion picture movie that went, you know, one of those big franchise movies that goes for two and a half hours. It felt really long, and when we've got used to shorter games. Mm. We got used to them, right? That's the other thing. You get accustomed to what we've been through. I think the return to the longer game is is fraught, and particularly with with interchange dropping, we're going to get attrition. Inj- we've seen injuries everywhere in the preseason. Yeah, we were at Triple M yesterday, Hutchie, having the the briefing as as every single radio station does at this time of year. Um, I don't have an answer to this question about Eddie Maguire. Do you? Did you get an exposure to him potentially being on his own show tomorrow night, Wednesday of this week? Uh, I, given I hand, what's happened? I hand on heart don't know. It won't be me, that's for sure. But It, it won't be you, so no. we can rule you out. Yes. It'll be Sam McClure if it's not Eddie, I would assume. He did it at times last year. But I, I don't, don't know. I suspect by the time people listen to this podcast or download it on Tuesday night that it might be known. And if I was to guess, I'd say he probably does it. But I don't know. I don't know. And I just respect whatever he chooses to do. I think it's his right. He produces the show. It's his production company. He's entitled to do it. He's entitled not to do it. Yep. It's totally on him, and however comfortable he feels, I would, don't think anyone would hold it against him if he wanted to take another two or three or four or six weeks off. He's very much entitled to spend some time reflecting and, uh, in his words, grieving, which I think is fair. I don't think he needs to hurry it back. You'd argue that it's well, probably... Well, he, he does need to hurry it back if it's tomorrow night. Yeah, I think... Like, I mean, is, there a, is there a scenario where you can see he may not do the early weeks of the season, potentially? Yeah, maybe. Come back? Yeah. I mean, it's really up to him. I don't think... I don't think anyone's going to hold it against him either way. It'd be great to see him. We'd understand. I think everyone understand if he didn't, and that's the way. That's the way it goes. How is now? No, no Chris Judd this year. I noticed. Uh, not not regularly anyway. On Friday, no, he's not. He's not in the release. He's not. No Chris Judd, isn't he? No. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Okay. Don't try, and, don't try and dodge the sounding board family. Well, I don't know what, what's <laughs> been discussed. Though. I know. Look, I know there's a. We're not that place. We just call it here. <laughs> yeah, we do. But I wasn't sure. No, but he, he will, as far as I know. Talk around as it. Far as I, well, He's out. Jason Dunstall, the chief, back, yep. back where it, where it uh, all began. Not all began, but where it was very prominent there for a while on yep. the Friday nights. So why is Chris not doing it? Well, he's not doing. He chose not to do footy classified yep. last year. Yeah. Is it because of the Carlton conflict? I actually haven't had the well, one-on-one chat kids. with him. I think it's all of that, yeah. What do you mean you haven't had the one-on-one chat? You dressed up to go to bloody Judd Teller. Surely he's your close enough friends with him to ring and ask, oh, I see you're not doing the show. Thanks for the party invite last year. What's the deal? Oh, what about, speaking of clothing, like the Judds, did you see that other story during the week about an influencer the providing, providing attire for, for Beck and potentially for that attire to then fend herself to a second hand yeah. It's a good story, isn't it? The mind wonder there. I, I guarantee you that had a good verity score. That it would have, it would have been one of those things that people click on. It would have. I yeah, so I didn't, I didn't fall for that one. Damo, we we as a society are more to blame than anyone because what we choose to all read, of us, all of us, all of us, what we choose to read, unfortunately, is what dictates behaviours in modern journalism. What about what we choose to listen to, Hutch? You, you've been big on the radio ratings system in Australian radio being broken. Archaic. Archaic. And you had long said this before you uh, 
became the um, the mega owner of one particular radio station. Why do we persist with filling in effectively a book and of about 40 people seem to influence the whole rating system? Yeah, best I don't get into these areas because it's not wouldn't be becoming of the uh, industry. But my views are pretty clear. The digital world and the podcast world and all things that come with it are entirely to the person measurable and a more accurate reflection of yeah. your health or otherwise. So tell me then, what, why doesn't the – and again, I, I don't know the answer to this question. I don't work in your space in that business side of it. Mm. Why then don't all radio stations band together and just say, off you go? Because the people that make the decisions are the beneficiary of the audience. It, let's use television as the example. Cast your mind back to Channel 9. Dominant, right? Yep. Dominant. Won every rating survey for seven years. Then they decide, signed off by David Leckie, to move to Oztam. Remember that? They changed the rating system to, right. get, to get more accurate. Nine came back Nine came back in the ratings, and Leckie was gone. You can imagine why. The board said, wait a minute, you've signed off on a change of ratings, which has cost us 10 15 20% market share. It's cost us millions of dollars, and you're the decision behind it. Off you go to the sick bay. The people who benefit from the current system are, are, are those who sit in on all the committees. So it's, there's not. Um, there yeah. is, cha- in fairness, there yeah. is there is change. There is more. Okay, t- tell me if I'm wrong in saying this. There is more likelihood of a guaranteed commercial deal attached to a positive radio ratings outcome than there is a a sell of what your digital. I just, I just think that the, the industry is changing. That's a good thing. Uh, it's coming a little bit slower than everyone in of a new way of thinking would like, but it's coming. Uh, the traditionals that would say, "Oh, it's not broken because it's worked well for us and our businesses for twenty years," and you can understand if you're in those seats, you'd probably be having the the same view. So, it's not a right or wrong. It's generally pretty boring to people. But if you can measure something to the person, why would you choose not to in life? Hmm. That was my only point. Christian Porter, have you, ever, have you got a ratings book? Delivered to your house. Never. If you did, yep. Oh, you're a bit fastidious. You'd probably fill it out. You're a fill out. You're a filler outer. I'll tell you what. If I signed people... up for anything, I, I would <laughs> yeah, complete yeah, the task. Would, but, I, but I wouldn't sign I up for that. I was about to use you as the example. Bad example. You'll, you'd spend all afternoon sweating on it. Nine <laughs> out of ten people would let it sit on there. Nine out of ten people in yeah. my circle of friends for, for the whole the, month. You're, for... the, you're the one. <laughs> would would they would sit on their car front seat? They'd get around to it, not get to it. Oh, what was I listening? What was to I listening again? to that day? Yeah. It'd be inaccurate. They, they might fill it in. They might not. And so it does suit a demographic that's more inclined to take it seriously. Yep. Christian Porter, since we last spoke about this situation, Hachi, uh, yesterday, actually, on the Monday of this week, has taken defamation action against both Louise Milligan and Four Corners for its and, and her report on him. Where does this go now? Well, it's a difficult topic to talk about because you're always perceived to be taking a view or a side one way or another on this. So we've got to actually park that to the left for a moment. Just talk well, about the. Well, let's do it that way. Let, let's yep. let, let's talk about a defamation proceeding. Yeah. And, and take out um, ABC, Louise Milligan, and even Christian Porter to to try and get an insight into it, into how this plays out from a from a it, media organisation sense, which obviously is at play here, and also a person of profile in the federal parliament. Well, it upped the stakes on the onus of truth, didn't it? Like it was, it was a move. It it bought it called on the challenge a little bit, like we thought he might choose to do in a public inquiry. That's probably the bit I'm missing. Is why why would you choose to sue if you could get a public inquiry and get the same level of accountability on you? 
But as of best I read it yesterday, he's launched a defamation action against Louise Milligan. Uh, what that means is that the, the truth is a form of defence, but it would be on the journalist and the, her, his or her lawyers to prove that as a means, should that be part of the onus of mm. defence they choose to do. I suspect it was a message to the rest of the media as much as anything to, okay, you know, if this keeps getting reported willy-nilly, because yep. there's almost been tacit, since he spoke, there's been almost like a tacit acceptance in the media that's now fair game to cover it. Because he... Because he himself... Named himself, yeah. yeah. Yep. So th- this, I guess, counters that a little bit, doesn't it? Equally, I think the ABC would have been ready for the move, right? I don't think there's... I'd be staggered if they weren't. I mean, if, if, if you think of the stakes at play here, and again, let's try and talk about this without the specifics of the case, but... I can't imagine too many greater allegations being levelled at any individual in the world than, this would have than been, were levelled. Yeah, this would have been often debated in the process to running the story. Okay, yep. let's, as you would say, let's play out what could happen here. These are the angles. These are the thing, the responses. At some point, they might do this. If they say, if they do, what's our strategy? Are we ready for it? I suspect they've probably already got their defence ready to go. Like they've been waiting for that. Do you move. think so? Probably. Yeah. I, that move wouldn't have surprised well, them. Well, it was and a one staged I... report, wasn't it? The, the, the initial Four Corners report about the, the bubble in Canberra, I think they used that yep. terminology, didn't they? Uh, didn't name the person who has since named himself. Yep. So they had it ready to go that months ago. But I think the then... defamation speaks to the insinuation of the person at the front. I don't think it speaks to last week's report. I think it speaks back to that one, to further. Um, the other thing is, for all of its perceived, well, media businesses to a person are generally speaking outstanding at defending their journalist in legal cases on a news basis. Like I don't know of a business mm. or haven't worked in one, mm. which didn't always have its journalist back in a legal spat. Yep. That's one thing that's pretty common across our industry. For all yep. of our failings- I, I would agree with that. We're, yep. we're generally aligned on- I, yeah, it's it's an opportunity. We're all of, in if we go with it. Yeah, yep. it's, a, it's a tax on having a newsroom. At some stage, you might have a, a legal battle and you're going to yep. have to have the back of his or her- her journalist in defending it because the right to freedom of speech and independence is born out of that system of having support. So, and the ABC would, with their, I'm sure, dozens of in-house lawyers would be ready to go. So, I, I think this will be will play out. And but what it will do is make people second guess a little bit mm. any coverage on it. Like all of a sudden, our lawyers will be more involved in vetting content in the next couple of weeks. And oh, okay, he's shown to be litigious, right, wrong, mm. or indifferent. So we need to think about this a bit carefully. It, it will be a factor. Okay, this bit, we won't labour too too much. The cost of this action, we're talking QCs, SCs. These people come at 25000 sometimes $30,000 a day, Haji. I wouldn't. How do you know the, what the lawyers cost? That's what QCs cost, do if they? you ever need one, yes. Uh, look, and, and I haven't, thankfully. But yeah. And there's times when the journalist gets proven yeah. right. But who's who's going to pay for that? Is, is the taxpayer? And there's time when the journalist gets proven wrong, but still says my story was right, but I just, you know, the yeah. system didn't support it. So it, this isn't necessarily a referendum on truth or otherwise. This will be who can prove. Yeah. It's, it's his onus to prove defamation. And it's the ABC's onus to defend the integrity of their story. So Again, removing this whole topic we've just spoken about with what I'm about to say next, you and I have had these discussions off air, I mean, over you know, not every week, by the way, but now and again over 10, 12, maybe even longer years, about, okay, what happens next? You go the story, you wake up, the world's about to blow up, but you're holding the problem in the eyes of so many people. 
you've got to work back, don't you? Well, I do, and you know my views on this. You've got to work back from being able to prove what you go with. Is is my general and quite simple premise on my approach to these things? Yeah, but I, I'll probably have a different. Can you ever prove what you go with as a journalist, or do you, can you just provide you know compelling evidence that you're right? You, you very rarely have. Yeah, a, a loaded gun or but, a silver bullet or whatever they call it. But the higher up the rung you go when it comes to the seriousness of the story, be yep. it explosive or player's got a hamstring injury, you know that, that's a lower. Yeah, but end you've one. never got the scan results. You know, you just you're relying on what someone told you. That, well, that that also is true. Fundamentally, but, that's but what if that one's is. if that one's not right or if that one's not right, you're not going to cop it too yep. much, are you? Back to your point about how odd this now becomes. It's in essence the government's attorney general suing. A government-funded body, body, which will also and the government need defence with QCs and SCs, yeah, and the government broadcaster, albeit independent, using public monies to defend itself against the Attorney General. Should Christian Porter have his costs covered by the people? And I, I don't know if he is. By the way, I actually don't know. He, he is entitled if he feels he is innocent. To sue the ABC and call that out. The but ABC who pays for that, Hutchie, Is my point. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Like, if you apply the lens we just did about employers covering costs, I would think the government's funding both ends of this, right? In some mm. way, shape, or form, aren't they? Yeah, I can't imagine he's funding funding it personally. If if it's if he's proven to be guilty, I'm sure there's an awkward conversation that goes on. Since we spoke last week about the uh, Megan and Harry and uh, the blow-up with their interview with Oprah Winfrey Hutchie, a few yep. things have happened, inclusive of uh, Piers Morgan, the the very, very high-profiled uh, morning breakfast uh, host on his own show, A, walked off, and then B, the next day, quit Yep, because of backlash for his comments around not believing Megan. Well, I think he was asked to withdraw the comments, wasn't he, by management, and it sounds like this was playing out a little bit. He's out of contract. He's being wooed by in, in seven or eight months. He's being wooed by other networks. Who's to say whether he has or hasn't done a deal at that point? And it, it looks like that negotiation's starting to drift the wrong way. And then there's an incident where he gets called out and he thinks, I can create drama. I mean, his book went from number 200 to number one in the world. He's kind of looking back on it a little bit, going, I didn't lose a job. I built a brand on the way through here. Really? His brand was already strong, but he's, he's built this anti-woke brand that does appeal, you know, as as, um, as I guess Donald Trump showed us and others. To- I I went out of my way to read back what he what he said that, that caused the problems. Um, just so I could at least yeah. have. A, what do you think then? Well, was he fair and reasonable? What he said? I think he was. Yeah, and, and I, I don't I don't want anyone to think I agree with him. But but the it way the way ac- he- come across as vindictive for a long time. Oh, I, okay, there's a vindictive attached, but people are vindictive, Hutchie. People are vindictive. It was it was it was reasonably assumed to be relentlessly vindictive over a period over of time. Over a period of time, okay. If you took that day in isolation, yeah, which I am here. Yeah, I read back what he said, and he just says that I don't believe everything she says, and now I'm, I'm paraphrasing something deeper. But people wanted to 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 be outraged as as we do, but they wanted that that comment to be a reference to the mental health. Now, I didn't see the direct reference to the mental health issue that, that Megan had raised. Now, it may have been, if, and if it was, I didn't see it. But I felt what he said as a, as a sweeping statement initially was was reasonable opinion out of what he what witnessed. Is that There's two, two incredibly sensitive topics that need to be taken seriously when they're accused. Yep. One is the mental health side. And we, we discussed that aspect of that story the, last week. And the second is the racism Which, which needs to be taken very seriously. They're not issues that you can brush away as no. you're, in, you're inventing those in your own mind. 
they need to be respected and yep. taken seriously. I, I think, to your point, if it had been his first rodeo, there was a reasonable defence on. He's talking collectively about, but it, this had been a pattern of behaviour yeah. that had clearly given his employer fatigue. Yep. Albeit they enjoyed the the ratings that it created. I think they won on the, for the first time in the last day. It was cutting through globally. It was very rare to wake up without Piers Morgan dominating your Twitter feed. Like th- these these comments were resonating around the world. He had found a way to connect yep. on a topic that everyone's got an opinion on. Concept of of the debate on air too, Hutchie. Again, I haven't done as much TV as you, but I'm glad you're going to these areas because I've got a, a view here where you're going. Have you? Yeah. How do you know where I'm going? You go. The host of any show, I think, look, again, the shows I work on, including one that had you on it, you encourage, the host often encourages the banter and encourages to be attacked. I reckon, though, there comes a point where the other panellists, the other people on the show who are not the host, need to just, as a rule, just back off that last little bit of going that person. And I raise that because a member of his own show was the person ultimately made him walk off the set. Now, yeah. again, you, you're saying it may have been staged and he may have done all that, but... No, there was nothing staged about it. What I think happened was the the employer wound up the other people on the desk. Like, because the... Was it the weatherman who found voice? Apparently. Yeah. Yep. There were people on And the, what he said was absolutely fine. No problem with that. But there were people on the panel who found strong and pushback voice against him that hadn't had that strong and pushback tone for many weeks before. It was... It, he had kind of... Verbally bullied his way through the show for a fair bit of time, in yep. the, albeit in the clips that I saw, it might be a small sample size. Yep. But they, they found their voice against him, and that looked orchestrated to me. It looked like management had said, now, if he goes here tomorrow, don't you let, it, let him get away with this. You've got to put the counter view, and you've got to call it out, and you've got to say this, because we've had some correspondence with Megan's people, and we're not providing a, a balanced view here. You've got to... If, if you feel this way, you've got to stand up for it, and you've got to... Regardless of whether he's the host, they looked... Is there, is there a need, though, for the organisation and the program itself to, to actually protect that host? I think there is, well, not, given you are presenting yeah. to, the, to the public every day. My back cheap seat view of this, watching the Stadler and Mordor from the Muppets view, was that it looked like the producers or management empowered the others to go in, and he, it looked like he recognised that was happening to me. Oh, okay. So you've, you, all of a sudden you found your voices and you've been wound up by upstairs. And it looked like that was part of the reason he got offended to me. Right. That's my theory. Yep. And he walked off probably thinking, probably in half thinking. And then when the opportunity came, look, do you want to call it a day now? And he went, well, I'm going to get my last eight months check. I was going to leave anyway. <laughs> and I can go out on a on a platform uh, uh, that you know says that I stood up to everyone. It worked out pretty well for him, didn't it? If if he has got this other project in mind, which you seem to he, think he would does. already have another employer in the draw from November. There'd been reports he'd been wooing. It was a topic on their um, public conference the day before. Don't forget, the, the management were grilled about why they hadn't been able to get him re-signed and who else was wooing him. Only twenty four hours earlier on a conference call to investors. So I suspect he's in, he's in the draw somewhere else. Yep, he's been able to orchestrate an eight month exit check or nine month exit check, and he's gone out on a pulpit like. If you look at it from his point of view, tick, tick, tick. You, um, um, By the way, can I just change gear for one second? You can. Speaking of news, no one else might find this fascinating. I found it endlessly fascinating. I'm going to put these pictures up on social. This is a bit of fun, by the way. Page 13 of the Herald Sun, one of my long-time favourites. Bit cheesy as a column. For, to some, for me, it's always light, you know, cheeky reading and a bit of bit of part of that. Like, like the New York Post, page 6, don't I? You might not like its content, but you generally read it. Snackable content. I go to page 13 on Saturday. It's not there. 
If I could give you 500 guesses what was on page 13 instead of a column, the famous Herald Sun page 13. Famous is a bit of a stretch, Archie. A Google ad. <laughs> a full page Google ad. <laughs> news Limited and Google have been at war over news for two years. <laughs> Broke bread about a month ago. All of a sudden, Google got this thing where we're kind of weirdly paying people and news are the biggest check. And then all of a sudden... On page 13, read this. No, it could helping, be helping over 1.3 million Aussie businesses connect with customers. No. Is the full page ad <laughs> on page 13. The world was going to end in News Limited's eyes about Google only a month ago, Hutchie. They, they've been two years. Is that years because of, they're getting paid by Google now? Well, that didn't come for free. They didn't wake up and say, oh. we like Google, they're good people. And then you go to page 13, <laughs> they've changed the heading to page 17. Oh. <laughs> It's on page 17, and there's an orange Only you would 17 over the top of 13. Only you... Have a look at that demo. I'll I need to have a look at across that. The desk. I'll have a look. Page 13 got bumped four pages <laughs> for Google. If I'd said that to you a month ago, you talk about the commercial realities it's, of business. It's a seven with a little cross through it too, Archie. We're all even commercial businesses. I'm not even for a minute <laughs> suggesting that they can't or shouldn't take that check. But if you want to talk about how much news can change in a month, Damo, yeah. Google are ruining the world to, to Google. No, no, they're, they're bringing the world down. It was, a, it was the end of media, according to News Limited. Imagine, and now they're, they're buddies. Imagine going down the corridor to the page 13 stuff. Hey, guys, um, just before you go today on a Friday, just a little heads up. <laughs> Tomorrow, um, we've had to change it for a week to page 17. I don't think anyone's going to notice. We're not going to call it out. It's well, going I to didn't just, notice. We're just going to temporarily change the 13 to 17 on the top of the mast here, but it's on page 17. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all right. We understand. Why? Yes. Yeah, um, upstairs, I've done this thing. I don't, I don't understand the back end, but there's a Google ad on page 17. A Google ad? <laughs> uh, didn't we just write six weeks of attack stories about... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you know, it's part of the you know, break, break bread we last week in Sydney, and um, we're just going to try and see if we can find some common ground for a few weeks. Don't worry, by the way, things change. We'll be back on the attack on Google in a couple of weeks, but for now... When that deal ends. Just might want to um, just ease back on the Google stuff for a couple of weeks and uh, still keep a lid on Facebook, but Google just going to ease them in. Um, and we found this great... By the way, can we get your help sourcing a picture of a business owner? Because we want to do something on 1.3 million Aussie businesses connecting on page 13. <laughs> I hope our listeners actually find it funny. Hachi, I do. Uh, Cricket Australia. Which is not to say I'm critis- I'm not saying I wouldn't be as commercial as that. So don't. Everyone wants to have a crack at me about uh, being inconsistent with my commercial views. It's clearly good business. I'm just la- I'm just laughing along with it. I'm laughing along with it. <laughs> Did you find you, it you, funny? No. You, apart from the person who writes that column, would be the only person who noticed that was four pages back further than normal. I read no the, one else would have noticed that, Hutchie. I read the Herald Sun online every day. As you do, because I love it as a digital product. I still get it delivered. I only get as well to read the print version on a Saturday when I go in for radio, and I sat down to read, the, and I nearly <laughs> fell off my chair when I saw that. I can't believe it slipped through. Page 13, full of a Google ad. I missed the Google ad, Hutchie. Uh, Cricket Australia versus uh, Channel 7, or Channel 7 versus Cricket Australia. This has played out over a long period of time. Tell me if, if I'm reading this incorrectly. Channel 7 hasn't at all gone close to winning anything on this battle? At the moment, the lawyers are straight through to the Grand Slam final and they're waiting unbeaten in the tournament. The lawyers for CA, Cricket Australia? The lawyers for both parties. They're the ones that are winning. Yep. And winning comfortably. And then next rung down in the semis, Cricket Australia has got Channel 7 
six one, and they're four love up in the third. Yep, but they're going to limp into the final against the lawyers by the looks of it. <laughs> Their own lawyers. <laughs> they might. They're going to get through seven comfortably, but they're going to find themselves probably wiped the floor in the final because the lawyers are having a field day. The lawyers are literally uh, smoking the pipe at the moment on this. They always do. They always do. What a bizarre. You know when people say there's, there are no winners, there are always winners yep. when there's lawyers involved. The lawyers. Yep. You love to know those conversations at the bar at night, right? Yeah. The lawyers. What about I respond this way? Yep. And you come back and say, no, no, that's not going to work. But, you know. Donahue versus Wade. But it's a, it hasn't gone Seven's way. A couple of things have gone against them in the end, really, right? One, the summer was pretty good. It was really good. That was a problem. It was much better summer than they first thought it was going to be. I, I choose to accept that they thought it was going to be a challenging summer, but well, it's been a winner, and they're too far gone now. Well, you you you, got, you loved, and you in your little way, Hutchie, you thought it was very funny when right in the middle of this court case about uh, the argument that we've paid too much and it's not going to rate and it doesn't work was the social media person pumping up how good the ratings were. Well, have you seen that Seven's press release department since we called that out have not put out a release reflecting on the summer since? Oh, really? <laughs> Uh, let's get now to the question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. And the question of the week today comes from Darren McCormack on Twitter. After seeing the Amazon doco, will more AFL clubs be willing to put their clubs and players forward for future editions? I still haven't seen it. I want to watch it in one hit. I intend to do that at some stage of the next 48 hours. Tends to go one way or another on public opinion. So you do run the risk on your personnel. Like Stuart Dew, I think, has won a lot more people over. I think there's a few more sinks on Leon Cameron than there were going in. So Have you d- seen the whole lot? No, I've seen two apps. Yep. Or two and a half, maybe three. But uh, yeah, I think for the most part, people in our industry are understanding of the need to promote itself and more and more people will choose to be part of it. These type of things. Yep. Again, I, I say this having not seen this documentary the way I want to see it. I think you know my views, Hutchie. Australian sports people know a camera is in the room. Well, yeah, but nine the, times out of ten, the, the Cameron and Cornelio exchanges are—they're—I don't know about what everyone else thinks. I, I found them fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Like they, they, Leon seems too hard on him, but we, we may be naive to... But is he too hard because the camera's there? Is, is, is Again, I haven't seen it, and I want to see it, but I've seen a lot of these US style of docos. They are real. They, they, they say things you cannot take back, and, yep. they, and they don't care. We do care in Australia because we, we're told yeah. we, we do. There's and an element of manufactured. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a scene in episode two, call it, where Nick Natanui, who sleeps on the floor, chooses to, he wakes up, gets up, the camera's filming him wake up, get up. Like, that's they weren't just there waiting for him to wake, right? They've gone into his room, can you recreate this lady? And all those things, there's a little bit of pageantry in it. Not a lot, though. What, really? Much less than you think. Yeah. All right. I'm keen to see it. I really want and to the, see the, it. The Leon Cameron Cornelio chat is behind closed doors, and there's audio from the room, and there's a, a hint of a shot through the window, but it's, it's very like fly on the wall stuff. Well, the clubs still had right of refusal. Didn't they? As far as I was led to believe. I think they were consulted in the process, yeah. Yep. As as happened with the Cricket Australia one, which was, they did with the um, yeah, Justin Yeah, I mean, look, we're talking about it. Well done to everyone involved. Yeah. They've done a great job of getting it in a content sense. And particularly, the one thing that people would just take for granted, because we all take everything for granted, we just sit and watch that and go, oh, yeah, it's television, and why do you say this, and why do you say that? But we don't realise, I would assume, how difficult 
in a pandemic, yeah. in COVID conditions, it was to shoot that. So hats off to the GMTV guys yep. and to Amazon for being able to make that in a pandemic because people would people would not even for a minute realise how, how difficult it was to do and that job on a normal day, let alone in a pandemic. Speaking of reflecting upon the year, Ashley Brown, Hutchie, a good mate of ours, uh, has written uh, a book, which again, I am aware of, haven't yet read. Have you read A Season Like No Other, AFL 2020? By Ashley Brown from Hardy Grant Books. It's available now. It's a recap of the oh, what goes behind the scenes of everything that happened in 2020 and A Season Like We'll Never Have Again. Great journey. Don't, don't tell me you've been interviewed in this book, have you? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think I have. I, I, don't worry. Look at me. Look no, at well, me. hang on. <laughs> when, when I when I see the book Did now, you, I don't are you think, quoted in the book, Damo? I think were I was, you consulted? I think I was too rude. I don't think I rang Ashley back. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he did ring me. <laughs> You're a central figure. You're in the hub. You're in the hub. I, I couldn't have provided anything. Actually, you remember I signed confidentiality. Hey, you've been. You're in the book, ain't you? No, I'm not. But I, I reckon you will be. Sure. Uh, are you? I would doubt it. I would doubt it. Oh, you would doubt it, would you? Yep. Which means, okay, here's what happens. The embargo copy of that book's been delivered to Croc Media, I reckon, the other day. Just the way the way you've shifted there ever so slightly in your seat, and you've gone to the back of the book. Where, where is it? Where's that? Where's that interview I gave uh, Ash? Where, where is it? I, I bet you've done that. I bet you're in it. No, I'd, I'd be very surprised if uh, I had nothing to do with the season at all. So I'd be disappointed. No, but that. that's never stopped you. But you're in the hub. That's f- never before stopped you pitchforking yourself into a story, Hutchie. You famously put yourself look, in the look, hub. Look me in the eye and tell me, are you in this book? I don't know. No, no. Not sure. Look me in the eye, Hutchie. Are you in this book? I, I honestly don't know. Yes, you do. Don't know. I'm going to read out like I used to with the uh, Brian Taylor diary oh, no. all those years ago. <laughs> Your reference next week on the sounding board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. That's the BT diaries. I enjoyed that radio sketch you did back in the day. I think we're out of time, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. And remember, if you're choosing to move the main page of a newspaper, be sure to drink wise. That was uh, episode seven of series six of the sounding board for drink wise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the sounding board podcast with Hutchie and Damo for drink wise. Make sure you find us on Facebook and Twitter at sounding board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. 